I definitely have been through it and I know, <laughs> but like my advice to them would be just don't give up and, uh, and know that you can get yeah. out of it. Because yeah, that's it. The only way out of it is up and you can get out of it. Like I've, uh, I've overdosed, like it's, it's crazy. I, I really, it's like over a hundred times. So like, um, and been to jail and prison a bunch. So like, um, I, if anybody knows, I know, just don't give up. For me personally, my favorite thing to watch on YouTube is professionals, whether that's workers in construction and the trades, it could be cooks and it could be athletes, it could be musicians, but people who are, you know, mass at, at a master level of whatever their craft is. And I, I really think that's one of the things that YouTube is just, it, it, from the very beginning it, it is what it was, what was special about it. You're, you're seeing something very authentic that you would never see before often. And that still exists on YouTube, although it feels like it's a little harder to find because there's so many, there's so much content that's produced, like the content we do, to be honest. A lot of times it's, it's a lot more thought out than simply just turning on a camera like any old day, which has its uh, perks as well. There's a lot of advantages to content like that. But I still really love just the content that is kind of raw and, and just the closest to home of, of, of the person, you know, making it. Well, I give you that preamble because today's guest, to me, really embodies that original YouTube energy. And our guest is Bobby Grubb. He is a concrete contractor in Indiana. He has a YouTube channel and he's making videos and sharing uh, his jobs. And we spend a good part of a good part, excuse me, of this conversation talking about YouTube and creating content and the parts of doing that that he likes and how he does it and how he's um, how he's making content. And, I, and I, I talk about how we do it a little bit as well. So if you are interested in, in that side of, of YouTube, the creation of, of content, you should you will enjoy this. Now, the second part of our conversation is totally different from YouTube. And it revolves around something I heard Bobby mention in one of his videos, which was that he had overcome and well, that he spent a period of his life um, struggling with addiction, and he has overcome that, and he's now been clean for I I, I want to say a year or so, um, and he was gracious enough to talk about that with me, and I really hope that you enjoy it. I think it's an important thing for people to be aware of because you never know when you're going to cross paths with someone who either uh, has not overcome an addiction yet or will need to. And it's never a bad thing to become familiar with challenges, even if it's not a challenge that you yourself struggle with. So, um, first of all, I want to thank Bobby for having this conversation. He doesn't, um, this was the first thing like this he's done. He was a little nervous, but he did a great job. And I got to say, and you'll see if you go to his videos, uh, he's got a, he's got a, a, a nice presence and a good knack for, for this kind of thing and I'm a fan so check out his videos if you're a YouTube watcher you'll enjoy seeing his concrete videos and I will say there are some great concrete channels on YouTube it's a really a fun niche uh, it's one that I hit up all the time I like keeping track on uh, these 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 guys who are filming their work 
And of all the work to film, concrete is not the easiest because it's, you know, there's no do-overs. Or I should say do-overs are more difficult. So we talk about that. You'll, you'll hear this Bobby and I speak on that point. But I hope you enjoy it. Here's my discussion with Bobby Grubb. Um, so I started doing concrete when, um, when I was 18 years old, it was like, um, I was always into sports and stuff. So, um, it was like a summer job. I was going to go to, I went to college and, um, but before I went off to college, I got a summer job pouring concrete and my dad, he was a, um, he was a mixer driver. So it was pretty easy for him to line me up a job. So, um, I think he was trying to get me into the doing that kind of work to show me that I didn't want to stay in the field, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, basically, um, I got that job, uh, working for a guy named Char Charlie fish and, um, and it was an old school concrete company. Like they did everything. They pounded in all their joints by hand. They did it the old fashioned way, but it was good because I got to learn the right way. But, um, the downsides to it was, um, they were pretty, uh, they were pretty hot headed, and they, if you made a mistake, you, you definitely heard about it. And, but that was also a good thing too, in the long run, I think, because it taught me to do things right. And, um, um, but like, like I said, I was going, um, I was going to go off to college to be in aviation maintenance to work on airplanes. And, um, I, I went off to college and at, at Vincennes, it's like a local state school here in Indiana. And I commuted back and forth from like my parents' house to school and, um, and three quarters of the way through school, I found out that, um, well, I didn't find out, but nine 11 happened three quarters of the way through school. And it pretty much just shut down that whole industry, but mm -hmm. I'd been picking up on uh, concrete cause that happened in 2001. So this was my second, I had had two summers in it. I was three quarters of the way through school and, uh, I could, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get a job. Yeah, you know, working on airplanes, but I went ahead and finished, and then I I got a job working for a different concrete company, and um, I like he didn't have really a whole big crew or anything like like the other guy I worked for, so I oh. got thrown thrown to the wolves real quick. But I remembered and retained everything that I learned from the the old school guys, and oh. I I brought that with me, and I think his quality of work went up a notch at that oh, point. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. What, what is it about concrete? Like you said that in that first job, they were hot headed and they, it's like a pretty rough, <laughs> uh, crew. And one part of that is because it's such a high pressure job site in terms of not screwing up the whole job. But also yeah. I know it seems like a lot of concrete guys are, are a rough, it's kind of a, it can be a rough lot. You know, there's a lot of just a, I don't know, knuckleheads associated with with the concrete guys at, at least on like the labor side not necessarily the contractors but did oh, yeah. you notice that yeah i did um yeah i can remember that very first place i worked at there was uh like their motto was um you know just do your job and it's only wrong if you leave it you know and uh be, it, and i think it was so high stressed really like you said because you only have so much time to to uh to to finish the product you know yeah yeah it's like you get one chance and that's exactly. it yeah it's, and he used to always say uh it's not like a piece of trim that you can take down if you cut it wrong you only get one chance at it and like i said i i kind of got thrown to the wolves because his his lead finisher he was actually into uh he was a, a heroin addict and um and 
it was like uh, he didn't show up for work and when he did he was always really high and stuff and um but i don't know in indiana they they kind of uh it's a little different like i like there's a commercial aspect to concrete and there's a residential i never went into the commercial at that young i always went into the the residential so i think you definitely see the the knuckleheads in the residential side yeah that that makes sense so you had a foreman who was using and at somewhere along the road for let's say some people maybe it's like a slow and steady thing i think if i probably use drugs i'd be an instant addict like instantaneously but the point is at some for some series of years you were kind of in and out of um uh i don't know about rehab but jail and drugs and high and just kind of a lifestyle like that so can you give us just i i it's not a life i've ever thankfully had to experience but can you just tell us kind of to some extent what that was like for those few that series of years yeah um no it's all right um like when like like you said the foreman guy that was running his crew he he introduced me to heroin but i was already into other drugs like um alcohol weed and cocaine and stuff so it was kind of weird like he was um i i was kind of young and i thought like um it was easy money so i was kind of in that that hustle mentality phase and um but i was i was saving a lot of money um but it wasn't always it wasn't a good thing but basically he introduced me to it and um i i did it for a little bit but there it was before the whole uh opioid epidemic thing so uh i i got introduced to it and then i actually didn't really start um doing it every day until um about seven years later oh wow interesting yeah um and so Within the last year or two, you, like you said, you've kind of gotten clean and and started up a business. So we'll get to the concrete next, but could you maybe just to fill people in on that transition? What was it that got you to the point where you decided you were done using and wanted to make a change? And then we'll move on from this, I promise. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, I um, Well, I went to jail many a times, um, but I... I didn't start going to jail until I started doing that heroin, which was like seven years later after. Uh, so I'd say it was around 2008. Um, and I, it, it was all of a sudden there was like no more uh, cocaine anywhere on the streets of Indianapolis. And it just switched to heroin. And so I was doing that. And th- when I got arrested and, and stuff, it was always a possession charge. It was never any, uh, any like violent stuff or anything like that. Um, I'm not saying I didn't do shady stuff to get right. the drugs or anything, but um, the the thing is, I didn't ever uh, I didn't ever rob any place or anything like that. So, yeah, I understand. But, um, uh, so in 2008, I started doing heroin like on an everyday basis, but I, I was uh, I was sniffing it. I wasn't injecting it, uh-huh. so I did that for like two years, and um, I really didn't get in any trouble when I was just sniffing it. But when I when it transitioned into um, shooting it up uh it it became like a a major issue and i don't think i really saw it that soon i think it was like um my pro i I was on probation i got arrested and got put on probation and i i couldn't pass a drug screen because that's a drug that you have to use like every single day and um 
they ended up sending me to uh, prison for it. Uh, for but it, it was like a pri- it was considered prison, but it was more like a work release type of low level security okay. type of type of thing. And I remember when I was in when when I was in prison, I I thought about it from like every single day. I would think about the day I'm getting out. I even had like a plan of what I was going to do with the money that they give you when you get out of prison and. Um, of course, none of that went like I planned it, but uh, I, yeah. I did get back into it, and I didn't learn my lesson. Um, and this, the same vicious story, just this year after year after year, and um, the how, and I was in recovery. Like I, I actually was in AA, and I was trying, uh, but I, I didn't ever have that that full on. I want to quit. Nothing. I never got to that pain threshold of it. Um, to where I just was like, I got to quit, you know? And, um, like I I have a four-year-old daughter. So, um, the first three years of my business, um, I had, uh, I was still using drugs and, um, it wasn't an LLC. It was just like, um, I would, I was working every day, but it was more like a doing side jobs for cash and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, I went back to jail and, um, I was in this drug court program through the courts and I, I went back to jail and, um, it was like one of the worst experiences of my life. Um, I, um, I was in there, it was on like what they considered the old side of the jail and there's no cameras, there's no guards that ever walked by. So it was a, it was a pretty rough, uh, uh, rough jail cell or jail block. And, um, some, uh, one a younger guy pulled a, a prison shank on me and basically was poking me in the stomach with it and asking me if it was sharp or whatever and um i think he was just messing around with me but i had never been in that position before so it really scared me and uh, i tried to leave the block and uh basically uh um i had like my uh, i had the blankets wrapped around me and i had uh, some magazines wrapped around me because i knew that they couldn't poke through that and um, when the guard saw that, he locked down the whole block and uh, he did a shakedown and he found the shank. So the inmates automatically thought that um, I told on him or whatever, which I didn't. But that's neither here wow. nor there. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. That's neither here nor there. You know, like, what would you do if you were in that position anyway? Um, when I got I, I got transferred to another block and I, my, I was really just. Uh, the word gets around that jail really fast and I was really scared. And, um, I, when I finally got out, um, I just made a decision that I wasn't going to do that stuff anymore ever. And basically uh, like you didn't, you were not going back to that jail ever again. (laughs) So you making changes. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I really, um, like I said, I'd been in recovery for some years, but I never really had that, um, that like, that pain threshold was never high enough to where I, I wanted to quit. And when I was fearful of my life in that jail, um, I was just thinking about my daughter and what, what, uh, what she would be like without a dad. And that, that was just, uh, unacceptable to me. It's amazing what, um, having kids can do that before I had kids and before I was married, there was a period of years where I wasn't getting into trouble, but I could really feel like I kind of didn't have a real, purpose or a whole lot of meaning to my life I, I could visualize like doing a lot of different things and it kind of felt like a sh- shrug anyways after you have kids that that's not the case like you know very clearly 
what the next 18 years are going to be like. And then after that, so isn't that amazing? I, I got to imagine when you were in jail, the thought thinking about this little baby was probably um, centering your the, <laughs> the purpose of your life in a way yeah. that was different than, you know, before she was around. Is that right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it was the only thing I could think about um, was her and what would happen if if I got killed in there or just beat up real bad or, or anything because there was definitely some people getting killed in there during that times. And, uh, it was just a really, I, I'm not like a, I don't have any tattoos and I'm not like, uh, I don't fit in in the jail uh, mm -hmm. atmosphere anyway. So it's, uh, and, and I'm from the suburbs, so it, it, uh, no tattoos from the suburbs and, uh, they, the guys would always tell me to like dummy down. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was like, I was like, I, I, I understood it. And, uh, um, I don't know. You just don't, it's not a place where you want to, you just want to uh, blend in. You don't want to stick out. And I think I kind of stuck out. So I was a target to begin with. <laughs> um, well, turning the page, one of the things I really love myself is learning something new, especially those first kind of, I don't know if it's a few years, but the, where you're really learning a lot really quickly and like making progress. And I remember when we started making videos, I was learning how videos work and that was really fun and as i walk clicked through your video library i was getting the same feeling from your videos that you were getting better and learning and kind of enjoying it just as something to do so um maybe before you talk about your youtube videos will you talk about just the concrete community on youtube a little bit because i know i don't know if every one of our listeners has that popping up in their feed but there is a handful of channels on YouTube of concrete contractors who who do some really uh, neat videos and work and yeah it's kind of cool the concrete community there's there's a couple guys out on the west coast there's um, a couple guys from the Midwest and um, a couple guys from out east and there's also guys from Australia and New Zealand and we all kind of we all kind of talk through through comments and stuff and we definitely all support each other and it's a it's it's really cool um it's it's definitely um it's definitely like a little uh a little tight group yeah did you watch these videos before you started your business were you kind of like watching concrete on youtube i mean which is always kind of funny because you like you do concrete all day it's funny to like go home and then watch more concrete, but I do the same thing. So I, what were you doing? Is that, were you kind of watching some of these channels before you started your own videos? Well, uh, yeah, definitely. Before I started my own videos, um, when, because I was in addiction and stuff, I basically lived in a cave for like 10 years. So I didn't even know what YouTube really even was. I, I knew there was an educational piece to YouTube, but I didn't know there was an uh, entertainment piece to YouTube. So, um, I, and concrete's my passion. So when I found the, these other channels like West Coast and stuff, um, that was the that channel was like the original channel that I started watching, and and I uh, I got a lot of inspiration from him, and uh, and and I'd actually seen your one of your old podcasts with him on it, and it, uh, you had talked about with him not to overthink it, and um, and and when I when I heard that, I was like, man. Uh, you know, uh, this could, you know, I could do this and, um, you know, my channel's not very big, but it's, uh, it's definitely educational. I would say, um, for the most part, I, I try to kind of change it up a little bit, but, um, it's, 
it's definitely a, a, a cool thing. And I think actually doing the YouTube channel has really helped me, has definitely helped keep me away from going back to my old lifestyle with the drugs and whatnot. In, in what way? What, how, how do you think it's helped? Uh, well, it's kind of like an addiction in itself. Uh, um, like it's, it's weird, but it's definitely, it's like, it's addicting to, uh, once you figure out how to edit videos, to me, it's addicting to, um, to learn more, uh, like to, like w I started out with basically like the lowest, the free stuff, like everything free and the lowest ways you could do it or not the lowest, but like the cheapest ways you could do it because I didn't even know if I wanted to do this full time but yeah. um so i basically i would learn one thing like a certain editing software or a, a way to get sound or whatever and not get a copyright claim and uh -huh. um just the learn i think more like the learning of it is addicting to me learning yeah. and the, the finished product is is almost like a concrete job in itself like um it's almost like a whole video is like artwork kind of yeah and isn't it cool when you have now you've got a, a collection of videos in a little library that you can look back at your work kind of like oh, yeah. jobs like look all these different things i've done and um i know what you're talking about that's that's pretty neat so um how how do you do your videos do you edit them I, and maybe talk about what that's like because you you don't because my dad is the contractor and doing the work it kind of makes it easy because I can I've been able to focus just on like making videos and having multiple cameras and stuff. So we kind of have like an unfair advantage over some people like yourself who are kind of doing it all. So anyway, what how do you film your jobs? And I'm imagining I, I kind of want more people, to be honest, to film their job sites and their oh, work, yeah. because I think a lot of contractors are just like my dad, like they're 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 they have a skill set they don't know they have. When they are talking to potential clients, they're communicating and selling and teaching and doing all these things. And I would like for these guys to understand that moving that into a video is something they they can learn. So how how do you do it? What what's your workflow like right now in terms of filming and then editing and all that? Um, well, like how I did it when I first started, I bought a, a tablet and it was my um, it was my camera, it was my computer, it was everything. So I would record, I would set my, I would take, I would record clips with my tablet on the prep part. And mm -hmm. then as far as the pouring, I would set it up on some two by fours or whatever, <laughs> on a wheelbarrow <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And I would uh, just point it to where I needed to. And then I, uh, I did purchase a, a little camera, uh, uh -huh. just a, a little, like, it's almost like a GoPro, but it's an Os Osmo Pocket. But, oh, yeah. Um, it, it's got a little SD card that you can pop out and I can put it right in my tablet. I still don't even have a computer, um, huh. not, not a laptop or anything. I got a tablet and what's cool is there's, a, there's always an app for that. So there's yeah. an app for editing and, um, and it's definitely been pretty cool. So like right now I would say I'm just in the intermediate, intermediate. Um, I'm not really a beginner still. I guess I would be intermediate in that yeah. phase, but I definitely want to just keep on making them and eventually get up to where i'm using b-roll like you guys do in your uh, videos and stuff and that's that's kind of like where i want to go next is is not just have a uh you know i don't want to make my videos boring and i know i can see the analytics and stuff and i you know i get it and um so i try to i'm always trying to learn new things and um i don't know just make my videos better yes yeah. man that's funny you you've actually turned a 
thought I've had and that I've told people for a long time upside down. And you're, you're right. And what I used to tell people was, um, like an iPad, for example, or a tablet, I always thought of those as like a tool strictly for consuming media. Like it's all screen. Like it, it does one thing. It like ports, uh, content into you, but you can't yeah. create with it. I, I told people that several times. Like it's not designed for creating, but that is not true apparently. Because look at look at you go with the, with yeah. a tablet, and really, really the lesson I guess is you can pretty much do it with anything. And I'm sure there's phone apps where you can edit videos just on a phone and yeah. and it, post them up. So there's very it's very low uh, bar entry to to put videos together at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, well, the, a tablet is basically a phone. Um, it's just like a big phone. You you still have to go to the app. I don't know what it is on Apple, but on yeah. um, Android, it's just like a phone. You go to the app store and you can download and you could switch the tablet, this tablet into a computer laptop mode. But I uh-huh. thought a tablet was a laptop when I bought it. It was, uh, I didn't <laughs> know, like I, I was so lost, but um, it records <laughs> in 30 frames per second, 1080. Huh. So um, that was go. fine at first, you know, and then, uh, then I, up my game a little bit when I got the Osmo Pocket, and uh, I, de- I definitely would like to to up my game some more. Like next year, I want to get somebody that actually can can hold the camera, and I think that would make it easier for the editing and um, easier for uh, the filming and everything. But you never yeah. know until you experiment. Yeah, that's for sure. One of the things that w- that I did when we were making our first videos, and you may have done it too to some extent, but is basically just copy exactly what i saw some other people doing that i really liked i really liked this guy who i don't know if you've seen him he's uh the tips from a shipwright he makes boats uh, he's on the east coast louis and he, his beautiful his videos are so beautiful and so like high quality and i used to watch those before he did videos and so when we first started making videos with my dad it was like automatic it was like well what should they look like and in my mind it's new like well they should look like tips from a shipwright because those guys are awesome and so yeah it's like it's it's kind of copying but it's it's you can't copy a person like you know you and so it's you're it's just a way to start anyways um yeah with with like your videos i could see that and actually a few other concrete guys just the nature of concrete where it's it's kind of high pressure it's easier usually to narrate later. Like you're not going to stop in the middle of the job and be like, <laughs> now I'm going to take out a Fresno because that, you're not going to do that because yeah. you got bigger fish to fry. So I think a lot of the concrete channels have found it makes sense to talk about it afterwards. I just love that. You know, it's like, if you, if yeah. you feel, if you don't feel inspired of how to do something, just imagine like what somebody else would do and then do that. Yeah. Definitely. Like, like I said, when I, what inspired me was, uh, Anthony from West coast custom concrete. And I'm not going to lie. I will, I don't suggest this, but when I started, I kind of tried to emulate him not knowing that it was kind of copying, but it's like you said, it's not really copying because it, you, everybody's different and you're going to edit differently. Yeah. You're going to, but, um, so like what you did was smart when you said you went 
to another niche and you 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 emulated something off another niche that way i think that would be better for the the comment section but eventually like you said you're gonna evolve into your own style of ed- yeah. editing and filming and and uh you know either you do a voiceover or some people actually discuss a little bit in the in the middle i just don't have that big a crew so i'm always back yeah like as soon as i get done pouring i'm back on it so i got to figure out a different way you know the other concrete guy that i've watched and i'm there's probably a lot of great ones I just haven't watched, but one of the other ones that I have is Odell's custom concrete. Oh, yeah. And that's another guy that I just love him. He's like, it's so honest and you could just tell he's just like, it's just, it's just amazing. I just really like the way he makes his videos and obviously his concrete's amazing, but it's another example of a guy who's found a way to, on top of doing great concrete work, also film a little bit and put up good videos. And the way he, you know, narrates and talks. I just, I just love it. To me, it's all kind of the same type of, and we do it a lot too now, honestly. In fact, we, we've narrate, that's mostly what we do now. It just is a little, it's just a little easier. And, and so I really love doing it. I, I do it all the time. In fact, when I'm doing like this podcast or anytime I'm speaking to a camera, I pretty much always just visualize like, what would my dad say? I filmed him so much. You don't even know oh, how many hours. <laughs> and so usually I can kind of imagine not like I could say what he would say, but I could at least imagine how he would like start into something. And so I just kind of pretend I'm him. And then obviously I'm different though. So I personally don't, I think that's a great way to start into doing anything, you know, is just kind of don't reinvent the wheel. Right. Yeah, exactly. You said it perfectly. And, uh, and then the cool thing about it too, is there's YouTube channels that teach you how to do YouTube. So, uh, you know, I follow some of those like think media and stuff and um and they they are really good too because they teach you some different things. But um another great thing I love about YouTube is what you learn. Um I watched all the concrete guys and uh, I like Odell and some of the other ones that have the stand on machines with the breaker attachment and uh the, the oh, stand on oh. skid steer. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So like I want to invest, I want to get one of those because um, we're always in backyards and yeah. I have to get something that's three foot and um, around here uh, S70 might not work good because it's a, a wheeled machine to where uh, and they don't make a track machine that's three foot as far as I know I could be wrong but I don't uh, think so I I, I uh, maybe but yeah I mean the stand on ones are track but uh, so yeah. the. I, I see some guys doing some crazy things with those MT one hundreds and um, SCO one thousand Kubota. Like those things are really cool. And so I learned that. Like, and I before I buy something, I always do all my research on it. And um, yeah. I I really like I I follow some of those channels from a not a concrete niche, maybe like some tree guys or whatever, and um, yeah. see how those machines can do. And uh, so that's another great thing I love about YouTube. Yeah. I'm really grateful for YouTube. Yeah, me too. Um, hey, winding it back a little bit, um, and I just watched a video of yours where your dad was there. He was helping run a tractor and and do some demo, kind of like what you're talking about. And that makes me want to ask a little bit about your just your history. In those years where you were really struggling, and your parents and your dad seemed like a great guy. Um, what what kind of things can families do and people do you know to help out because uh, I'm sure they're so happy seeing you kind of you know oh, yeah. make all kinds of real progress right now and I'm sure there were some years where they were a little I don't know less confident about what your future oh, looked like yeah 
Um, I would say like it depends on what stage the person is in in their recovery. Um, if they're in the early stages, obviously the best thing a family member could do is not give that person any money and hold the money that they do make. And um, I, I still to this day, I don't keep cash on me. I put it all away or put it in a bank and I, I still don't I don't like to have cash on me because I, I, I'm aware of my triggers and stuff. And but as far as family members, I would definitely say support. There's a couple different ideas. They say one is tough love and the other one is, you know, uh, people want to help, but they're actually enabling. So you got to I would yeah. definitely my my thing would be to uh to do your research my family actually joined a uh, a group called pal parents of addicted loved ones and um and it's almost like a kind of like an al-anon i don't know if you know what that is it's almost like uh it's kind of like al-anon but it's a little differently but al-anon is like aa for uh the family member side and oh. so my family uh they're they're into that and um and even though I'm clean, my mom actually still goes to those meetings to try to help other family members out that are, because um, I guess there's a big healing process for them too, because unfortunately when we were in our active addiction, we hurt our people that were closest to us first, you know, and that sucks. But um, like you said, they're, they're really proud of me and, um, and they're really happy. But like I, I also said, I, I still don't even hold cash to this day. Wow. But I know in this industry, and I'm talking construction as a whole, there are a lot of guys using. And in fact, I had an electrician who was very functional alcoholic, and he was pretty much always drunk. And but he he was great. He could get the job done perfectly. And I think to some extent, like you said with heroin, that to some extent guys can do that. They can still kind of get the job done, sort of. And I don't know if that's any great way to live. But what what would you what do you say to people who are kind of thinking that they're functional and keeping a lid on everything and i really don't know if it's my place to speak because i don't know their situation but i would just say you know just just do a self-inventory uh and and see what matters in your life and what matters and then also you know think about well if i continue to do what i'm doing whether it be drinking or drugging um, because they're both bad i would say figure out what matters in your life and figure out is this drinking or drugging going to interfere with what matters to me in my life? And if it is, then, um, you know, you might want to, you might want to try to seek some, some help or, or try to buckle down. Cause some people can just do it and say, Hey, I'm done, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I wasn't one of those type of people. I had to get basically a knife put to me just to <laughs> basically say you're done. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, that's what it takes like a rock bottom for some people, but you know, it's different for everybody. So yeah. it's not, I can't really speak on that part. Um, that's like really, that's really wise. Yeah, that's really wise. And maybe, maybe the most helpful part is just people seeing someone who's kind of been through it and come out the other side is a little bit like, Hey, that person made it. Maybe I can make it also. Yeah. It's a lot better on this side than it was like they, the, in, in, in AA, they say my, um, my, my, my worst day now is 10 times better than my best day then. <laughs> and wow. uh, it's definitely uh, better on this side of the fence. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying that to judge anybody because I'm this close away. You know I mean? I'm not, but I am uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, to a certain extent. Like I just take the precautions I need to. Um, 
but I still go to drug and alcohol classes and stuff and I'm still on probation and stuff. So it's going to, it takes a while after you stop for everything to catch back up until you're free and clear on your own. But that's, you yeah. know, uh, probation and stuff's not a really big deal if you're doing what you need to be doing anyway. Hey, one more question. Yeah. I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place, but you're you right. said something in one video that I actually really, really liked. And I think we, I might make a video and bring this point in and we'll definitely give you credit but you, you said something like in indiana pretty much everybody has a tractor around oh, yeah. here and i think that in that video i don't know if it was a client but someone was helping you with their tractor to move the uh -huh. concrete yeah. and uh we moved i we just moved i used to live in arizona in the in phoenix in the city no nobody has tractors in the city but man i'm in the small town now and i can tell you in oregon it's the same thing everybody <laughs> each neighbor every side all has tractors. And what I want to ask you about is almost like creativity because you kind of chose to talk about that a little bit in that video. Do you think of yourself as a creative person? And not that the whole video is built around that point, but um, how, how do you kind of think of things to talk about in your videos that are a little uh, interesting and not just the same old concrete points over um, and over? Well, actually in that video that you're talking about, I actually was down at the local concrete uh tool supply house or whatever where we pick up our color hardener and stuff and they had a they had a little brochure that was talking about what what you should do for in the heat and i had brought up like the i actually just used that sheet that they gave me and i i put in my own words like you know um pour watch your shade lines always have drinks for everybody uh i can't remember all the points but uh so it's you know i definitely do think of myself as creative, but I think I'm more of a little bit more creative in my editing than I am in the face-to-face uh, -face or on the job site. But I, I, I don't know. Like I, I definitely think I'm creative. Like you got to be, and I think everybody is to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, there's like a part of creativity that's not super glamorous, but it's like if you have some footage from a video, a concrete pour, there's a hundred different things you could narrate about that concrete pour. You know, maybe it's yeah. the weather and how hot it is. But maybe it's yeah. something else completely, you know, maybe it's not even related. There's a million things. And so um, it really is it's satisfying and feels good to be creative and to create things. So if people aren't getting the message, I really am going to try to encourage people. I want to encourage more contractors to make more videos. And we have a pretty good community on YouTube of concrete guys. But I'd love it if it was like 10 times that size because. Yeah, it's fun to watch, and uh, I, I think there's probably some really interesting stories to be told from some of these guys. Yeah. Um, when I when I first started, I got a hold of uh, Mike Day from the East Coast, and um, I was talking to him, and he was he basically was telling me, uh, you know, I was like, man, I, I know you're giving me this advice and stuff, but, you know, I don't know if you look at me as competition or whatever. And he's like, man, it's not like that. He's like, the more people doing this stuff, the better it is for the whole niche. Yep. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Like the more, like you said, you you might have just learned a few years ago that people were, were even putting entertainment content on YouTube about concrete. And I remember when I first learned it, I was like, what do you mean regular channels? <laughs> it made no sense. And after I, yeah. I had no idea. And I bet you 95% of the country doesn't realize that either. So um, yeah. You subscribe. Know. Like what did yeah. subscribe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Bobby. Well, Hey, we're going to link to your channel. Do you have any other social media accounts we should link to? Are you on Facebook or Instagram or anything? Um, I'm on Facebook at grub mud, but my best way to, if you ever want to reach out to me is just grub mud on YouTube. 
Okay. Well, we'll link to that and we'll link to a couple of your videos there and um, we'll keep an eye on what you're doing. And congratulations on just these, this change in your life. Again, it's just pretty inspiring and uh, I'm, I'm a long ways away from it, but I hope you and your family are proud of yourself and, and you get a lot of credit because pretty uh, pretty amazing a lot of people don't make it out it's is what i yeah. <laughs> what i gather <laughs> yeah but you know there there is a lot of people that do it's just um uh, like the people that do make it out are a lot of usually in recovery and it's not the the recovery community is kind of like a um an, anonymity type of there's a lot of principles built around anonymity so you might not hear it as much but there is a lot of people that, that make it out but there's probably a lot more i mean as as far as when you go to these places they tell you only one of you guys are going to make it and uh you know oh. it's a little discouraging but uh oh, wow. it's, you know it is what it is do they generally recommend that you talk about your experience like the way you've done is that generally like a good idea for for people um, to do or do they give you do they kind of like let you just decide if you want to uh i think it just depends on what 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 you're in if you're in aa they definitely recommend you uh helping other people out and then eventually speaking at meetings and stuff but um as far as the the treatment side of it um uh i think they they recommend it. they they do they recommend it too but yeah. uh they just kind of recommend it in a group setting yeah you know there's like there's always a risk reward aspect to putting yourself out there i mean separate from any kind of recovery just like youtube but anytime you put yourself out there in public in even a yeah. small group there's like a risk of embarrassment or failure or something there's also yeah. a lot of reward you know it could go well and you could make some new friends and who knows what so maybe it's yeah. similar to that you know risk reward. Uh, i know i i was the whole like the whole day i was contemplating on whether i should do this or not but i i'm, <laughs> I'm one of those type of people that like when I commit to something and tell somebody I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You know, yeah. uh, if it wasn't for that though, I probably would have, <laughs> uh, well, probably wouldn't have done it. I wanted to ask you a question. So sure. when you first got into it, were you the person that was doing the editing or were you, uh, wh how, wh what was your role in, in it with you and your um, dad? I was always doing the editing. Yeah. My, my role from the first video was, um, was holding the camera and, and then and filming him and then editing it and usually kind of giving him some parameters you know my dad is a, a natural but he actually doesn't watch a lot of youtube and so i would kind of give him some parameters like let's will you give a review on this tool and talk okay. about you know how you got it and da, 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 and kind of just give him some borders to work in and then basically just turn the camera on and then i would yeah i would edit it and and post it and that I've done that since our first video and we have, um, I think we have like 400 and something videos and we have had a few other people help edit from time to time. In fact, Brooke is helping more and more now. And my dad has gotten really good himself. He doesn't edit, but he understands making videos really well at this point in terms of, like you said, B roll and utilizing that and utilizing voiceover. So we both have kind of just learned it. Um, from trial and error and like you said we, we we did take we did take a couple videos down well one in particular that did not go well and and we've had a lot of videos that we did that never saw the light of day we just were they we weren't proud of them enough to even share them at all that's perfectly fine you know that's all yeah. part of it and so for us it, it started as a uh i'll say a hobby but kind of something to do and what's the worst thing that could happen and and then it, exactly. we cert we certainly never had this idea that it would turn into a a YouTube channel that would, you know, be our day-to-day -day 
job. That was never the goal. It's just kind of one thing led to another. And here now we find ourselves here. And I'm sure in a few years, it'll be something different even from what it is now. Yeah, it's kind of since you brought that up, I kind of wanted to talk about like what what my thing was behind it. When I when I first started doing it, I wanted to make like a video library of different jobs that the customer when I go to bid a job, I could send the customer, hey, I did one like this. And Uh here's a video of exactly how we do it. And you could tell that we're doing it right. Well, I found out that I don't really get any work through YouTube. Uh, Yeah, I uh, it's weird. I mean, I think I've gotten one job or two, two jobs from YouTube. But what it is, is um, I I thought I was but then so I'm making videos for that reason and then i i kind of changed into um like i said i follow that think media um and they talk about um you know you should you should really try to make videos to where you can help people out and and there's no better way to help them by showing them through your experiences in life and since i you know since i'm just now like a uh just now getting to where i'm starting my own business and um we're only our llc's only been around a year and a half now so um i was like well maybe i can use my you know what i've learned through this experience and communicate it with the finishers that watch my videos and maybe they could get something out of it to where they could at least start doing side jobs or get their own business because just like when you talked about with anthony you might be overthinking the youtube thing you might be overthinking the business side of it too um i definitely recommend people going out and getting side jobs like if you've got two years experience, I think you should be doing side jobs. I personally, I think you should, if you want to, you know, you don't have to, but right. uh, if you're planning on going out on your own, you should definitely be doing side jobs and you should, and just like you, you, you did with those videos, you learn, and it was like a learning experience. You're going to learn as you go um, with the business side of it too. That's where I'm at. I'm, but I, like I did that one video was like, that was how to get out on your out on your own and yeah. and how to use Facebook groups. Um, I tried to talk about that, and that was actually my very first video that I never even had posted. But I was like, you know, I got this video, and I want to show people, you know, the the start of this thing, and that's why I posted that. And it was it was it was in portrait portrait mode instead of landscape and stuff yeah. like that. But you know, it was a good learning experience, and then. Um, you know, the, the voiceover that, uh, I did behind it, I actually, um, you know, posted it six months later so I could oh. talk about basically anything I wanted to and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. That's, that's kind of, that's the right mindset sort of, I don't know, just being willing to put yourself out there a little bit, learning, sharing what you do know. That's, um, yeah. that really sums it up. Well, Hey Bobby, thanks so much for coming on and, uh, putting yourself out there like this and we will, link to all your stuff and hopefully one of these days we'll find a way to um you know get you i know indiana it's funny concrete across the country isn't it so funny how different it is not like it's so different but i was looking at like the rock that you guys use over there and just thinking like that's totally different someone was showing us a video in florida the 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 rock has you know seashells in it and stuff and i've heard that it's just so funny how different parts of the country you know you make you make the adjustments and it's you know just a different way of doing things so it's been fun you know keeping an eye on that yeah it's cool that i when i watch these other videos like it's weird because six bag and seven bag mix or six sack or seven sack mix or whatever it can be a different psi depending on the type of aggregate that's used in it too so it's kind of cool to me if it, when you really like have a passion for something, it's kind of cool to learn it inside and out. And watching these other channels, I get to, you know, I learn their terminology and different yeah. things. And um, 
and I, I achieve that by the comment section. And a lot of times it's not even them answering the comment. It's the other people that follow them answering it. Maybe they work at a batch plant or something right. and they, they know it, but yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on here and I definitely, uh, definitely, uh, liked your guys's last uh, video about concrete where your, your dad was actually using a tractor and grading out the uh, oh, yeah. driveway. So, yeah. uh, that's basically how we do it, you know, yeah. and it was kind of cool. Kubota and everything. <laughs> yeah, Kubota. I, I think one part of it is like everybody here has a Kubota, but that's because yeah. there's a Kubota dealer in town. You know, that's like, <laughs> the, I think there's a John Deere dealer also, but it's one of those two, you know, and you go to other places, they got a different dealer. Well, then there's different tractors there, but yeah, yeah. everybody here has a Kubota tractor. I mean it. Like if we went down my road here, everybody's got one sitting like right next to their shop it's amazing yeah you can't go wrong with Kubota <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly all right Bobby well thanks for coming on we'll link to your stuff and uh, keep keep doing your thing and looking forward to seeing where you go from here for sure thank you for having me <laughs>